Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hey, the Growing in Grace podcast on hey. the air. Once again, did you say something? Hey. <laughs> You're doing that Fonzie imitation again, aren't you? That's right, because I can do that, but I can't do a $6 million man impersonation. So, <laughs> Well, I can. I can run in slow I motion. I what he would cost now. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> $6 billion. The $6 trillion man. <laughs> Not even our national debt. Oh, my goodness. But anyway. <laughs> uh, let's not get started on that. Um, oh, I could, but I yeah, won't. Yeah, that's Joel Brzezinski right over there, <laughs> the non-six million dollar man. I'm Mike Kapler, <laughs> and we're glad you're with us. Uh, Joel, um, we started this thing over the last couple of programs called False Assumptions. Uh, we talked about the false assumption of uh, believers in Christ needing to confess their sins over and over again to stay forgiven. Um, we talked also about the false assumption uh, regarding fellowship with God for believers in Christ and how it weakens if we have unconfessed sin in our life. Talked about that. This week we're going to talk about the uh, talking point that is often used in religious circles about the Holy Spirit is here to convict us of our sins, even those of us who are in Christ. So we'll talk about that passage in John chapter 16. You know, you, you ended something last week. We were, uh, of course, we spent quite a bit of time in First John and talking about First John 1, 9 and the book of John in general, that, that letter from John. Um, and you, uh, I brought up uh, something regarding our, our fellowship with, with God. It was another chapter 1, verse 9, verse uh, and, and it was this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. You were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and you, and that was pretty good. I, that's the one verse I gave on that toward the end of the program. And, and then you brought some more context into it. You know, verse seven, for example, you are not lacking any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse eight, um, and I, I love how the ESV puts this. He, God, will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. New King James says blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, talk about confidence. <laughs> and then he went on to say, you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's not going to wane or weaken <laughs> right? <laughs> because, because of what you and I are doing or not doing. But I, we're, we're, we got some courtroom jargon going on here. <laughs> God will sustain you. How many, how many TV court, uh, courtroom shows have we seen where, you know, somebody objects and then the, the judge says, sometimes he says overruled, but sometimes he says sustained. <laughs> uh, well, he will sustain you. So, you know, if there's an objection, objection, uh, they're actually a righteous individual, uh, uncondemned, and then you can picture God, the judge, is saying, sustain. Sustained. You know? <laughs> and now we're going to talk about conviction. So we jump from sustained in Jesus Christ to all of a sudden the religious people are saying, conviction, condemnation, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and again, with, without looking at all of this context without looking at all this again like we were saying we have been in that 
type of thinking previously in our in our lives in Christ, and so we can understand where people are coming from. And I know, as an individual living on this earth, my behavior, my actions uh, fluctuate. I do not always behave in a righteous manner. Um, I do not all is in. I do not always think all the right thoughts. Um, and so since my thoughts and actions fluctuate, I think, well, maybe, again, without looking at all what the scriptures say here, I, I can think, well, maybe I am actually in and out of fellowship with God. Maybe uh, there's something I have to do because I've believed in Jesus, but yet I, uh, sometimes I, I'm up and down in, in, my, in my actions. But right here it says that it's not me who sustains me. <laughs> it's it's not I who sustain myself. It's not based on my ability uh, to be faithful in all these things, but it's Christ's faithfulness. So he will sustain you to the end, guiltless or blameless, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. He sustains us. So it's not about me. And so when my behavior fluctuates... Uh, it's still about his faithfulness. It's still about him sustaining me to the end. Well, what about Jesus said he's going to con- the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to convict you of sin? Uh, again, it's one of those verses, John sixteen eight, um, that unfortunately people zero in on that verse without taking into consideration a lot of what the other scriptures say, and really without paying attention to the next sentence. Uh, the continuation of the sentence, I guess, from Jesus. Basically, it says here, so Jesus is talking about, uh, he's telling his disciples that he's going to be leaving, he's going to be going away. But he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, this is John 16, I started in verse 7. For if I do not go away, the Helper, capital H, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. A lot of people just zero in on that. He will convict the world of sin. And they include believers in that. But anyway, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Read on here in the continuation of this sentence. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. So... The ones who are convicted of sin are the ones who do not believe in him. Not believers. Not believers whose behavior fluctuates. Not believers who have sinful behavior, unholy behavior in their life. They're not convicted of sin. Read on. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Uh, In the rest of the scriptures, like in Paul's epistles, he talks about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. He was raised from the dead, and he ascended to his Father. And through that resurrection comes justification, righteousness. So we're convicted as believers of righteousness because Jesus went to his Father and because we see him no more physically. Uh, we do, Of course, he does live in us. We, we live in him. And so we are convicted of righteousness. Again, because we have, as we've been talking about in the past few weeks, confessed the Son, uh, it's it, and we and he sustains us, but the, this thing about convicting the world of sin—it's Jesus isn't even saying that uh, for their for their individual sins uh, that the world is going to be convicted of sin, but it's because they don't believe in him. So 
the Holy Spirit did come. Jesus said he went away, and he said when he has come, he, the, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. So that's already been done. And the answer to the conviction of sin is Jesus, for each individual to confess the Lord Jesus, to confess the Son. And then uh, you, become, <laughs> you become righteous, and you're convicted of righteousness. Uh, so again, uh, one of these false assumptions that the Holy Spirit convicts of sin it's just it is uh, it's just a false assumption yeah it's just looking closely at what he said instead of coming to these conclusions that that are indeed false assumptions because having the mindset that part of the work of the holy spirit is just to convict people of their sins you know i i used to i used to believe that i would say it like this joel i would say something like the spirit will convict will not, as, as believers in Christ, the Spirit will not condemn us of our sins, uh, but he will convict us of our sins. Mm-hmm. And heard that. that's not in there, but it sounded good. It made <laughs> sense, right, to the religious mindset. Uh, so we need to repent from that way of thinking with those false assumptions. And when I say repent, it just simply means to have a change of mind. Let's change our mind. Let's look at this differently. But yes, Jesus referenced these three groups, those who are abiding in the world, those, in other words, those who do not believe, unbelieving people, those are the ones that will be convicted of sin. It kind of goes back to the uh, people that John was addressing in 1 John 1 uh, in, in his letter, people who needed to come to the realization that sin was indeed a problem, uh, and therefore a Savior would be needed, a confession of Jesus Christ. But there were, uh, so Jesus mentioned unbelieving people, then he mentioned believing people, who are now considered righteous, uh, those who will no longer see him, and then last and perhaps least, uh, the enemy. The ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is judged. Not you, not me. Jesus did not come to judge the world. He did not come to condemn the world. Um, He came for a different reason, and it wasn't that. So, as you mentioned, Joel, uh, along the lines of what you mentioned, as righteous individuals, declared righteous as a gift, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not based on what we do. There's nothing you can do to become righteous. There's nothing you can do uh, as a believer in Christ to become unrighteous. And so, you know, with that in mind, <laughs> realizing that this is a gift, the Holy Spirit is there to remind you in Him, in Christ, that you are a righteous individual. He's there to remind you of that, to convince you of that, to convict you of that. It's different than what he's doing with the people who do not believe in Jesus, and it's important to differentiate between those things. Yeah, it very, it very much is, because that's the gospel. I mean, that's the good news. It's, it's why Jesus Christ came. I mean, if you, if you look at the beginning of Romans, in, in Romans 1, Paul says in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then if you go on to Romans 3, Again, he gets back to this. He, he has talked about some other things, the, the reason why the gospel was needed, and then he gets to, to this. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. 
the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So the righteousness of God, that's, <laughs> that's God's very own righteousness. It's given through faith in Jesus Christ and is for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then verse 24 of Romans 3, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus, uh, who God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And it goes on there. But the whole thing is that by faith we've received this free gift of God's very own righteousness. And so God is not going to convict a righteous person of sin. He's going to convict those who have not become righteous. And and the, the reason for that is so that they will turn to Christ for the verdict of being convicted of righteousness by faith. I mean, that's really what it's about. It has nothing to do, you know, the, the, the conviction of sin isn't something that goes on in an ongoing basis in the life of a believer. Uh, you're convicted. Again, God wants to convince you of your righteousness because he has made you righteous. Now, I can hear the religious people out there saying, <laughs> Objection! <laughs> Sustained, convicted, objection. Sustained. (laughs) Now, I'll wrap up with this, Joel. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, you know, the the old covenant, the old sacrifices with the animals. Uh, The writer here says these sacrifices that were continually offered every year, they could never make people perfect. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? Consciousness of sins. That's what they were dealing with in that old covenant because of those repeated offerings and sacrifices, and it couldn't even get them what they needed. In those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sins every year, for many, really every day, for it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So they were stuck in a sin consciousness. That's why it's not the ministry of the Spirit to keep convicting you of sins that he declares he will no longer remember or count against you. And that's what he, he goes on to say this. He says a mouthful in between those verses at the beginning of Hebrews 10 to this, but the Holy Spirit bears witness with us saying, this is the covenant I will make with them, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he he says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. And get this, where there is forgiveness permanent, eternal forgiveness, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Hence, Jesus was sacrificed once. That's all that was needed. God no longer uh, remembers those things. He doesn't count them against you. Why? Because you're in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in him. And this is the good news of the gospel. Yes, and we'll have much more good news to share, the good news of the gospel in the weeks to come as we expose some of the uh, false assumptions that happen in the church today. Next week, we'll move on to the idea of what fallen from grace means. Speaking of sin and people who have sinned, a lot of times the assumption is made that a person who has sinned is the person who has fallen from grace. Paul had something much different to say about falling from grace. It really has to do with how a person plans to be justified before God. Is it going to be by their own works or is it going to be by the finished? work of Christ. And so we're going to address the false assumption that fallen from grace means a person who has sinned. Next week, 
on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.